Hi, this is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. I'm on the campus at Kelly School of Business in the Indiana University. And we are here with uh, Eric Johnson and Ray Luther again for our third and final uh, part of Coaching 2.0. We're going to talk about team coaching today. Uh, and in particular, you know, how do you drive the best performance that you possibly can from your team? And what role does coaching have in getting that performance? So Eric Johnson is the Executive Director of Graduate Career Services at the Kelly School, and Ray Luther is Executive Director of the Partnership for Coaching Excellence and Personal Leadership. Welcome. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. All right. Team coaching. You know, on some level, this brings me back to T-groups and, and group therapy. It makes me think, you know, you get a bunch of people in the room and you get them all to kind of reveal intimate secrets about themselves to break down uh, the boundaries that may exist. Uh, disillusion me of that notion. What is, what is team coaching as you would define it to get team performance? Sure. So, so we, we, we love when teams get vulnerable and get real. So we, we like some of that touchy-feely stuff as you might be describing it. But for us, really, it ultimately comes down to how's the team performing and is it clear on how it shows up not only with each other but for external stakeholders so for us a team coach plays the role of helping a team clarify what's the objective how are they working towards those objectives and what are the healthy team habits that they're practicing and what might be some of the unhealthy team habits that they're practicing uh, in the end it's all about does the team actually deliver against what it's supposed to do all right Lots of different ways to get there, slightly different than individual coaching, but related in many ways. The power of a team coach still lies in the presence that that person brings to the table, their ability to ask powerful questions, their ability to listen and notice, and their ability to stay curious throughout that process. Lots of different tools can be employed, which we can talk about, but at the end of the day, it's about can you help that team continue to refine and get better as individuals need to work collectively as a group and can they be greater than the sum of their parts? Right. So um, I imagine that most coaching is one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. and very little of coaching is effectively team coaching. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Um, as we experience it, yeah, we get more engaged in the one-on-one -on -one coaching for a personal development issue, right? Something that an individual happens to work. Um, but we teach and we encourage a lot of team coaching. And in fact, in front of our the managers that we train as leader as coach, we often work on the team coaching as an effective tool that they can practice as a coach because the skills are somewhat the same. The client, if you will, is slightly different. You're working with a, a group of people, obviously. We still think the coaching model pays dividends because at the end of the day, if a leader is going into a team and just providing advice or just telling stories or just giving the quote unquote solution of how they're doing it, at the end of the day, that's robbing the team of the opportunity to practice a level of accountability. And what happens for a leader in that case is they, they, they step into giving advice, which then becomes guidance, which then turns into a whole series of other, other actions. And while that might be good in some cases, it's probably not as developmental as working with a team as a group of individuals to say, what's the dynamic going on here? What are all the micro-social relationships going on here? Can we help a team understand how it's making sense across all of its members and how it's actually working towards its goal or not? And that can be very complicated, but quite rewarding for a leader if they know how to do it. Yeah, I mean, and, and you just hit it, Ray. I think the, 
the most effective team coaching happens when all team members are present at the same time. I don't think you maximize team performance by coaching each of the individuals separately and then trusting that they're going to get together and work together. Each of them have their own personalities. Each of them have their own values. Each of them have their own meaning that they're making from the team experience. But the team performance depends on the team's collective personality and the team's collective values and how the team chooses to make meaning of their situation um, and how the team chooses to be accountable for the results to move forward. And that always happens uh, at its finest with the team as a whole. Okay, so let's, let's take an example. Uh, take out your playbook. Give me a client example of where you've worked with the team, what they were trying to accomplish, and what you ultimately got them to. Yeah, I mean, we, we practice this a lot within our, our MBA program and even our executive education programs. But I think one of the examples we'll use is a local foundation who um, primarily sees their role as fundraising for the, the role of improving the healthcare in the local community. And um, this is an organization that didn't really have a collective vision. Uh, it was an organization that's um, kind of the, the nonprofit arm of a for-profit organization. And so oftentimes... Um, they just felt like, hey, it's our job to show up and provide a little extra financial support for the mothership, so to speak. And so they really lacked an identity. What we did is we came in and really helped them clarify this nonprofit arm's individual reason for being as a group. And so there's a facilitated process that we use um, that helps walk them through uh, the process of arriving at a, a sort of understanding their history the highs, the lows, the key players, some of the key learning that they've had over time, what's worked, what hasn't worked, uh, shared values often come from that. Um, helps them understand their context, so what's happening today in our market, uh, who are our competitors, who are, what are the major trends, what are some of the things that are having an impact on our ability to do our job. And then works them to a place where they begin to think about what does the future look like for us, so it's a collective work towards a, a future state. And then arrive at a vision, our reason for being, the, the inspiration, the purpose that our team holds. And then based on that, we'll walk them through uh, the development of a series of strategies. So what are the choices that we want to make as a group to bring our vision to life? And then ultimately a tactical plan where all the work that we choose to do as a team brings our strategy and our vision to life. Uh, through the course of that process, we get to observe a lot of their team behaviors. So how do they choose to engage in conflict? Uh, is this team willing to be vulnerable with each other? Uh, is this team willing to commit to results together as a group? Everybody commits to the same decisions once those decisions are, are made. Uh, are they jointly accountable for the results? And what's the feedback process that they go through? And what role does the leader play in seeing to it that each person understands how to make meaning uh, from their situation and how they ladder up to the team goals as a whole? Uh, and that's something that we worked through with them, which ultimately led to them shedding some of the activities that they had previously done because they were not aligned with the vision and focusing on not just doing some of their existing one betters, but choosing some new activities that actually were more aligned with the vision and work that people were more excited about, uh, which led to more morale, which actually led to greater financial results for the organization as a whole. So in conventional coaching, it's a one-on-one -on -one exercise where uh, I'm coaching an individual, and you're helping me figure out how to coach. Yeah. In this case, is everyone on the team coaching each other, or is the leader of the group coaching all the members of the group? Yeah. So for um, if we do team coaching as an, as an external facilitator coach, 
uh, we would be there playing that role so the leader could actually sit within the construct of the team as they work through this. As a team member, as a not team, as the leader. Well, as the leader. They have accountability, okay. but they're, they're not having to play both roles because there's some dynamics of that which we can talk about. But the, when we facilitate outside as a coach, our, jo- our goal, again, is to show up and be present for them, have questions, and notice. And so even if we're working them through a process, the ultimate thing of how we're showing up is this constant looking at the individuals, noticing how they're showing up and actually being able to point at people and say, hey, Darren, you happen to be talking twice as much as Ian. Let's think about these things and let's think about why is that going on? And And you'll call that out. I would call it out. I would facilitate notice. I would notice if somebody's shying away from from actually talking because there's a social dynamic going on within that that we cannot address unless we're able to talk about some of the things that are going on in the room. So I, I will oftentimes call out the eye roll disagreement, right? I'll, I'll see somebody speaking, Eric may be giving some, some piece of advice or wisdom, Darren across the table may look at it and give the eye roll, and I may look at it and say, wow, Darren, it looks like you don't agree, give us some example, right? And it almost works like truth serum in saying, how do we actually, the, the role of the facilitator is to notice and ask questions. And this comes from my heritage, at least from the army of, the after action review is the ultimate way to start getting into, how do we learn from experience? right? The best teams, if you go to the highest performing teams, athletics, symphony, special forces, surgeons, what's the number one thing they do all the time? They practice. They practice 90% of the time to perform 10% of the time, 95% of the time to perform 5% of the time, 99% to perform one. What happens in modern organizations? How much do they practice? They don't. So if they don't practice, if they do not engage in the practice of actually observational self-leadership to learn from experiences through this after action review process or other reflective processes, they're not taking advantage of actually learning from the mistakes that are going on and lots of value is left on the table and unlocked because we're unwilling to have a conversation. Okay, so this happened, this facilitated session in like a a retreat over one day, what's the process like? Yeah, so in a normal team coaching session, if we engaged in it, we would look on a uh, we would we would potentially go into a large quote unquote bolus session, right? Some session to bring out team dynamics, values. Maybe it's a strategic visioning exercise, something to talk about. Although it doesn't have to be there, that often helps to be a genesis of what's going to happen. And then we just like normal one-on-one coaching, we would engage in a regular repeated process where if there's an external coach involved. The external coach can come in and do a periodic check-in with going through some reflective learning for those organizations, either after key events or some timeline basis. Uh, what would differ if we go to leader as coach, and we would love to see leaders evolve here where the leader is conducting this, is we would advise the leader to conduct these on a regular basis after key events when information is fresh and the experiences are fresh and we don't lose insight because of time. And the best organizations actually play on this where they're not afraid to lean in. It's not looked at as extra work. It's actually looked at as a learning process that adjusts how we do things. And there's a systemic way by which we're actually learning and going forward. What's the tangible result from all of it? Better team performance, yeah. honestly. I mean, it, you see elevated levels of team performance, uh, higher employee morale, uh, better retention rates. Uh, greater trust and, and employee satisfaction within an organization. Um, Frankly, it might be some team calling as well. Yeah. There might be people who, once this process starts, say, I don't know if I fit with the organization. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Not at all. If that was being held back. And there might be ways in which the team starts to evolve and say, wow, we really need 
this evolution or this type of player to actually enhance where we're headed. That's not a bad thing in refreshing it. So it's not always, you know, improve morale of everyone that's on the team. When we worked with the organization Eric happened to mention, we saw some team culling go on, not because they were bad people, but because they started to recognize a shift in priorities and where they wanted to work versus where they were. And that's a very real thing. And over time, that's going to happen anyway. Right. And so, you know, choosing to do that where both the leader and the individual can recognize, I don't see where I fit on this, allows for a more partnered approach to finding a new opportunity for that person and organization where they can still maintain their reputation and be set up for success in their next role. If that person's not going to fit in, uh, and so if that happens unconsciously, it happens a year down the road after non-performance when everybody's pissed off, and you can't recreate your reputation within the organization at that point. You, often your only option is to leave. And so culling is early is a good good thing if it's aligned with you know values and purpose. Right, because the ideal state is for the individual's personal values to be aligned with the organizational values. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, and often they're not. No, often they're not. In fact, um, and Ray speaks to this really well, but there's a... Um, there's a study that came out that actually took a look at uh, a commitment to the organization. And what this group measured is they took a look at how well do you know the organization's values and how well do you know your own values? And they plotted it on a two by two matrix. And what they see is that not surprisingly, when individuals are very clear on the organization's values and their own values, they're very committed to the organization, almost a 6.3 on a seven point scale. When they're unaware of either, they're in the mid fours. So they're not overly committed to the organization. They don't know the organization's values and they don't know theirs. The interesting result is if they only know the organization's values, they only go up slightly. In fact, they, they might not even go up. Numerically, I think they're, it goes down from like a 4.7 to a 4.6 something vis-a-vis um, -vis not knowing any of the values at all. But when they know their personal values, but not the organization's values, their commitment to the organization is almost as high as if they know both. And the reason for that is when individuals are clear about their values, when they're clear about their purpose, when they know how to make meaning from a, from a situation, um, they are committed to that situation. They find the, they find the purpose in the company and their, their reason for being there. And effective team coaching allows each individual on the team to find their place in a conscious manner. Um, and that just leads to, to better commitment over time. All right, Eric, thank you. Ray, thank you very much. Thanks, John. So that's uh, all about team coaching. We dealt in our second episode of Coaching 2.0 as leader is coach. And then in the first, Coaching MBAs. Uh, this is John Byrne with Poets and Quants at the Kelly School of Business with Eric Johnson and Ray Luther. Thank you for joining us. Hope you wait for more. <laughs>